Brother L, how you doing? All is well, Dadu. How about you? Pretty good. Doing pretty good. Okay, it looks like everything is working on my end. Uh, Are we ready to go? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, We'll get right on into it. I want to start with the opening. Welcome, everyone. This is the MKD Podcast. I hope everyone is doing well. I'm your host, D. Miller L. I have my good brother, Dadu, with me. Um, Dadu, please introduce yourself. Let us know your background. Give us an introduction, brother, please. Thank you, brother L. Um, quick, quick introduction about me is um, I'm a Bitcoin writer, content creator, and entrepreneur. Um, my my wheelhouse is I like to create content to educate um, the Black diaspora on cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. Um, I've written publications for Bitcoin Magazine, Black Bitcoin Billionaires, and several other publications. And you know, I'm just here to teach and um, give back to the community as much as I can through uh, education and literature. That's amazing, Dadu. And uh, also, I want to just make sure that the family is aware. Uh, we linked up uh, by way of Black Bitcoin Billionaire there on Clubhouse. Uh, can you also let me know how did you uh, come to link up with Black Bitcoin Billionaires? So how I connected with Black Bitcoin Billionaires is actually through Bitcoin Vegan. So. When I initially started out uh, doing a lot of my writing, my writing was through um, a platform called Medium. I was doing a lot of blogs there, Bitcoin content, and then I got offered an opportunity to start writing for Bitcoin Magazine. When I started writing for Bitcoin Magazine, I just started to really sit inside of the clubhouse rooms, um, one being from Barsta Bitcoin, who uh, the host is is uh, Bitcoin Vegan. And I would sit in the rooms and just listen and try to uh, use that as a platform to kind of get inspired to write content about the culture and where we come from and how that uh, connects with Bitcoin adoption. Um, and then just one day I just was on Twitter and I was like, uh, I said, if Bitcoin vegan follows me, I'm, I'm officially lit. And when I said that tweet, maybe 10 minutes later, he followed me and then we connected from there and the rest is history. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, so we starting off on fire. Again, family, please, uh, if you're already enjoying the content, make sure you give us a share, a like, a thumbs up. Again, I'm your host, D. Miller L. We're listening to uh, the brother Dadu here, uh, writer in the Bitcoin space, a contributor there on Black Bitcoin Billionaires. Um, it's a movement, folks. So, uh, Dadu, I want to keep it moving. I got some, some additional questions uh, just to kind of... Um, get my audience a little more exposed to what it is that you do. Uh, maybe if someone wants to even follow in your uh, footsteps and maybe become a contributor in the same way. Um, and then of course, I also have some uh, questions concerning like, what do you see on the horizon uh, concerning the space as well? So uh, again, brother, if you're ready to go, I- I'm ready to push on to the next question. Yes, most definitely. Here we go. Okay. All right. So uh, first things first, at what point, in uh in your evolution right in your education did you decide to become a writer you're you're very good brother and i wanted to know when did you know it was for you so i mean i've always been a writer my whole entire life because um, luckily for me my my family structure on my mother's side a lot of my cousins and my aunts are actually teachers a lot of them are school teachers so from a very very young age um articulation, literature, and education was something that was really stressed in my household. And um, I would just write, I would do poetry here and there, but I didn't really, really start taking writing seriously until around 
uh, in my mid 20s, like around, you know, the early 2000s, 2010s, around that time where um, I had a collection of poetry that I've been writing. Um, I had a whole experience where um, during the Obama era, I started to write poems um, about my emotions or self-expression at the time for his two terms. And then I had a collection of all these poems of the different things that I experienced, you know, some of the police brutality stuff that we were enduring at that time. I ended up writing a collection of poems with that and I made a book out of it. That book became kind of successful and in a best time seller by the name of D. Watkins. Um, if people aren't familiar with him, he's from the Baltimore area. And if people are familiar with the, the show, The Wire, um, he was actually um, someone that was actually really a part of that storyline in real life, not you know on the movie side. And he wrote a essentially a memoir. And his memoir was um, it was called the uh, the Cookup. And long story short, he liked my poetry. He liked my book. He ended up speaking at Harvard one day, and he's like, "Hey, we should connect um, at Harvard and have a sit down." So we sat down, had a conversation for about an hour. And then we like fostered a relationship from there. And he kind of showed me a lot of the techniques and a lot of the ropes and how to get really good at writing and how not only to get good at writing, but be able to um, convey a message to my audience, which is the African-American demographic and be really good at it. So he was one of the major players in kind of getting my feet off the ground with writing. Um, to wrap this up and to not be long-winded, um, I wrote a couple books about economics, I have a book on gold, I have a book on cryptocurrency. But what I really started noticing is that um, we don't have a lot of literature pertaining to the Bitcoin uh, community for African Americans or people from that diaspora. And I wanted to create something that was short and sweet and people can be informed and learn about Bitcoin and not be uh, taken aback from uh, a lot of jargon or a long-winded essay. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. As a follow-up to that, uh, what was your inspiration, or at least uh, what was the what was the crux in, in like the in the decision to make Bitcoin your focus with regards to writing? Good question. Um, you know, my background in writing is interesting because, you know, I don't have like a fancy MFA degree. I really just read a bunch and wrote a bunch. And I read a lot of Bitcoin content, the Bitcoin standard, um, a lot of articles for Bitcoin magazine. And something that always stuck out to me was like, how relatable is this to me and to people from my community? Because a lot of the technical aspects or the economic aspects can kind of be um, over people's heads because they're just not used to having that kind of conversation about money or about technology. It's just something that we are kind of uh, suppressing community. So for me, Bitcoin is hope and Bitcoin is an example of an opportunity to free people from um, the constraints of, you know, anti-sovereignty. So I wanted to really do my part as an educator and write as much content as I can about Bitcoin to help other people learn about this asset. And then hopefully that fosters them to go around and tell people about Bitcoin. Definitely. Okay. So I want to I want to actually uh, springboard off of two comments you've made thus far that um, have got my attention and I want to kind of unpack these. So uh, uh, something that I heard from somewhere else, uh, Jordan Peterson, 
Um, I've heard him say that he would challenge his students uh, with regards to like trying to get them to think better, how to use their minds better to become writers, right? It, uh, it helps one think. I wanted to know, uh, number one, do you agree with that? Do, have you ever noticed that? Do you feel like, um, you know, you're able to convey those ideas better after having taken on this uh, writing discipline? I'm gonna start right there so you can answer that first. Uh, most definitely, I agree with that. You know, I believe that um, mathematics is the universal language or the language of the universe. And I think that literature or English or um, scribing is the language of man, of, of, of the world, of earth. And I think that we have used this as a form of communication for so long in our history that I think that um, any student that is um, very uh, proficient at writing or elucidating their expression on paper or some type of digital format, I think that that allows them to expand their creativity and also expand their intellect and their aptitude to um, you know, retain information. So I think that writing is one of those things that is very important and very crucial, not only in our community, but just for humanity as a whole. Got it, got it. And that, that actually leads me to that next piece, you know, the whole sovereignty thing. Sometimes, especially with my background, I am um, having the, uh, the Moorish American background, there's this uh, association with a sovereign citizen, which is uh, a terrible concept that kind of stepped into the, it seeped into the movement um, in like the 90s. And this is not something that uh, we stand for. However, and I, I'm describing the sovereign citizen doctrine, but the sovereign uh, mindset, the ability to think is the reason why I had asked that uh, that follow up question there, because and I wanted to know what your thoughts were as well. Again, uh, one's ability to think for oneself. Uh, we just can't impress upon, you know, the younger people, uh, even our peers, how important that is to this sovereign uh, association with Bitcoin. What did, do you have any comments on that? Yes, most definitely. I think that um, Bitcoin is kind of that tool that unlocks the lock to sovereignty, or at least one of the tools that unlocks the lock to sovereignty. And I think that um, for many, many centuries, um, people have had small spurts and small tastes of freedom, whether it be land ownership or having the ability to go across borders or do certain things without paying a toll or having a mark in the sand to say this is this area this is that area um, as things evolve we start to get money trade and barter and i think that that forces things to get back into a centralized manner people start to build monopolies you have power structures that kind of keep things in play for the top and less for the bottom and i think that bitcoin is freeing people from that particular paradigm shift and what i mean by that is that um, you're dealing with an asset that is digital completely frictionless pair-to-pair -pair, which means if i send you brother l a hundred dollars you get that exact a hundred dollars you don't get 98 dollars because there's a two dollar fee for an intermediary to charge me or you to pass that dollar from one hand to the other and i think that that whole um you know solution to money being frictionless and peer-to-peer -peer, um, i think that that is one of these steps that's going to free people from the constraints of centralization, government control, and tyranny. Thank you for the clarification on that. You know, I, I, uh, I do my best. I do here on the on the podcast to explain that. Um, 
And I think that you've done it very, very well just now. So I appreciate you reiterating that uh, for my listeners. Let me uh, let me follow up with another question. Uh, did you have any uh, additional comments you wanted to make on that before I move on to the next question? No, you can go to the next question. Okay, okay. All right. Uh, next up, and this is uh, kind of, it, it, it kind of brings it all together a little bit, I, I would say. Is there an article um, or any other content, a book or anything that you'd like to uh, point my audience to that you're most proud of? It can be, I would hope it would be a Bitcoin, um, you know, piece of content. However, it doesn't really matter. What is the work that you're most proud of uh, that my audience should uh, check out? Um, there's a couple books. One is The Sovereign Individual uh, by Davison. Um, that one is I mean, it's not really a Bitcoin book, but it kind of talks about the radical changes in human history as we move from one industrial revolution to a digital age or digital revolution. I think that that would give people a lot of insight on exactly what's going on right now in this day and time. Um, a second book that I think is really, really helpful is The Bitcoin Standard by Safedean. That was a really incredible read, and that's a good starter point for beginners that don't really understand what bitcoin is um how it fuses finance and technology into this synergy where um, it frees people from monetary debasement and ultimate control because what it teaches you is that it teaches you to value your time once you understand that money is just a tool and an illusion to get you from point a to point b you start to realize that the real value is your time how much time do you have um, and a third book that I would say, um, Bitcoin-wise, that people should really read um, if they want to get a real understanding of it is a book by um, Isaiah Jackson called Bitcoin in Black America. That book, um, in my personal opinion, even if you're not Black or African-American, um, is a great insight because you get to see Bitcoin from the flip side, where you have people that have been typically left out of economic change, left out of innovation and technology and what that looks like on a global financial system um, in connection with the digital revolution i think that that book is very important too got it got it okay all right and you know over here on the podcast we're very familiar with the good brother uh bitcoin zay uh yes. big up to, to, to big bro uh co-founder over there black bitcoin billionaire with the brother lamar um dot do as a follow-up to that uh with regards to your publications to your publishing um, what uh, what would you like to point us to as a, a starting point for your work? What uh, what would you say is the is a good starting point for what you have uh, put out there? Um, I say a good starting point for me. If you're just you know you want to go down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, I would say um, my article my articles on Bitcoin Magazine. So all people have to do is go to BitcoinMagazine.com, um, look for the search bar, and type in Dadu D A W D U. All my articles will pull up. Um, I have about five of them out right now, um, ranging from all different topics of Bitcoin, why it's a paradigm shift. Um, I have one about closing the wealth gap between Black America and Bitcoin adoption. Um, I just have a lot of different schools of thought there, and I think that that's a good starting point. But if you really want to get into um, the heavy lifting of things and getting into um, schools of thought with Bitcoin, as you peel back the layers of money, you start to look at economics, you start to look at history, you start to look at politics, you start to look at physics, and you start getting into these very high level schools of thought. Um, I have article work uh, with Black Bitcoin billionaires. I have a series on there called Stacking Sats is a New Black. 
Um, that's my latest art article work, and it's a very interesting read, giving you an understanding of um, some of the plight that African Americans endure trying to adopt Bitcoin, but trying to keep up with the generational uh, wealth gap that we've been subjected through uh, to through redlining, segregation, Jim Crow, emancipation, and the whole lot. So um, if you people want to really reach out and see what's going on in the Bitcoin space outside of money, outside of um, number go up and see how these things is actually impacting people in society and different demographics, um, those are some good places to start. Awesome, awesome. Okay, okay. Uh, once again, Dadu, how uh, can you can you give us that uh, that that content link again for uh, Bitcoin Magazine? How how do they navigate? Uh, I can even make it easier for you, brother L. Um, people can just go directly to my website www.imdadu.com, i a m d a w d u dot com, and from that website you can get all my books article work and uh, magazine um, articles that I have published. You can get it all in one space. Thank you very much for that. Okay. Um, and I'm sure that we'll be able to touch on on that uh, again when we uh, as we wrap. But I want to ask now um, concerning being a writer and being in this space. Uh, please unpack for us. If Again, if I was an aspiring writer, if I was a, uh, you know, a Bitcoiner through and through, how do I uh, how do I get into this space? How do I how do I do that? What kind of steps did you take and what even steps would you recommend for someone wanting to do exactly what you're doing? Uh, good question, Brother L. Um, you know, it's different for everybody, of course. You know, approaches and own ways of going about being a writer or getting into the space. But I would say um, as a start is to educate yourself. So for me, I talk about in some of my articles, um, having a hundred hours of, of prep time studying the asset that is Bitcoin through YouTube videos, book, um, blogs. I just read everything that I can about Bitcoin so I can learn more about the asset and what Bitcoin actually is and what it has the potential to be. And then from there, I think that people should just start writing. And what I mean by start writing is, um, you know, you have a lot of people that they have a hard time, um, you know, articulating their, their their thoughts and putting it on paper. And I think that, you know, I follow the Stephen King model, which is, you know, if you uh, read a lot and you write a lot, you will just become a good writer. And Stephen King is one of the best writers of all time. And that was his model. It was no preservatives, no additives, no fancy course that you had to take. It literally was just picking up that pen or picking up that typewriter or that keyboard and really just getting into a space where you just write even if there's mistakes just write 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 and then you can edit and fix things later but you really just want to get off the hump or get off zero with writing so that you can just kind of get into the groove and the methods of it and then i would say from there once you're confident and you feel like your writing may have um, some value in the space then you can start to reach out to people and make connections or try to um, become a contributor or an editor for one of these major publications like Bitcoin Mag or Swan Bitcoin or Coindesk or even BBB. Got it. Got it. Okay. Uh, you know, I actually, um, I went out the other day that I do, I think it was, I think it was two Monday, 
I think it was sometime this week and I went over to my local Barnes and Nobles and picked up the Bitcoin magazine. That is a beautiful publication, bro. Like it is a it it's stunning. Like it looks like aesthetically like it looks beautiful. Uh the content in it looks amazing. Um it it's a real keeper, man. It looks like a real gem. Yes, sir. And they and like about Bitcoin mag is that I mean, I write for that publication as well. Um and I think that Lately they have really been grabbing a lot of good high level writers from all different walks of life and I always say that um if you if you have biased um you're never going to have the full onset of creativity and the full onset of solutions if you just have um a certain demographic or an echo chamber of people writing about bitcoin you're never going to fully see the full 360 view of what bitcoin is and what it can be and um You know, shout out to Bitcoin Mag for allowing me to write for them and talking about some of these hard pressing issues um freely and freely allowing me to express myself. I think that that is really important and I think that they need to continue to um foster and encourage that kind of um um inclusiveness in writing. Most definitely. I can I can see the efforts being made. This isn't a, a plug per se for a uh, Bitcoin magazine, but I I do want to just say that uh I do think that they're the premier you know publication in the space and um i i do see that the efforts are being made like you said to bring forth uh, a 360 view of bitcoin which is so important um most people don't know what it is and i think that it's going to be very easily uh majority of people will be let let astray so i just think that uh, bitcoin magazine is doing a great job uh they're making a great effort so shout out to bitcoin magazine uh let let me do this and i'm i now for the listening audience so that they're aware brother that I do I'm just talking about the uh the first one and the only uh Bitcoin magazine issue that I have is the El Salvador edition so you guys uh go over to your local stores if you're interested and uh pick that up like I said it's amazing look um and reading uh let me do this uh that do we're coming towards the end I think I have maybe two more questions for you Are you uh you still good with me yes sir okay all right uh let's see here Uh kind of a two-part question. What are you most and least excited about uh on the Bitcoin horizon? I know we all kind of would like things to go in a particular direction. Uh what what do you see? What do you, what do you not like about what you see? Fill us in. Okay, so I'd say I'll start with the good first, my brother. Um the good that I do see coming from this and just in my personal opinion is um the mass awakening of the planet to what money is what sovereignty is and what being in control of your own destiny is and um you know one of the biggest things that i want to get across about bitcoin as it as a possible outlet for the disenfranchised and that's why i write is when you really look at it brother l uh, most families lose their wealth after about 3 generations and i'm not pontificating when i say that you know cash and credit are crumbling so when you look at the banking industry and you look at how uh black people in general are less likely or have a harder time keeping up with the hurdle rate of inflation passing down those standard operating procedures and bitcoin something like bitcoin is huge because it allows um our demographic to pass wealth from one generation to another without having it be seized stolen or taxed and i think that that is one of the most exciting things that i can see in the horizon for people of color because you know we do have the uh 
the highest adoption rate amongst U.S. adults is African Americans. So the you know the proof's in the pudding right there, where you're seeing people starting to wake up and really understand what this asset is and holding it for the long term to pass on to future generations. So they have to work um, less harder and more smarter in the future. Um, on the bad side or the negative side, I would say Bitcoin is going through this transition right now where. Um, you have a lot of FUD surrounding it from the um, energy issues to regulation to even ETFs, right? And I think that um, as the asset becomes more ubiquitous in the culture, you're going to start to see a lot of um, shenanigans going down where people are going to try to siphon your money from the pure asset that is Bitcoin into other things, i.e. some other form of cryptocurrency or an ETF or even the CBDCs, those are coming on the horizon. So people just have to really educate themselves and understand that Bitcoin is the supreme asset and it's the supreme asset because it's decentralized. It doesn't have a CEO. It doesn't have a headquarters. There's no one to manipulate or coerce or threaten somebody into changing its protocol. It just runs on its, on own, its own autonomous fashion. So I think that people can invest in some of these other things, but they have to understand that, you know, your your foundational level of uh, digital currency or digital assets should definitely be held in Bitcoin. And while doing that, you're going to run into some challenges in the future because as people realize the value, it's going to become harder to store it, harder to educate people on it and harder to kind of um, pass it around to millions of people because we all know it's a scarce asset. So um, the time is now and the accumulation race is on. Got it. Got it. Uh, as a, as a follow-up to that, just real quick, I wanted to go a little more on the, uh, like you said, on the negative side, just so that we, we give them a full 360 view. Um, if you could, what has been the greatest struggle in your opinion, when it comes to educating our, our, our people, right? The uh, black people, the brown people, the diaspora, um, the folks who have been disenfranchised. What do you think has been the, the, the biggest issue in trying to convey this, uh, this, this gift, this, this uh, thing called Bitcoin, right? This wonderful software that we're all using. Uh, what do you think has been the most difficult thing in just trying to tell people like, hey, this is for, in fact, it's a win-win, you know? And, and I, I, I don't know, brother, like I, for me, I want when I communicate to others to, to have them understand immediately it's a win win, but there it seems like they're a little skeptical. So they're trying to like poke holes in it uh, has been my experience. What has been your experience with trying to communicate uh, the gift of Bitcoin? Uh, most definitely. There's a this is a very multi layered question, but um, I would say a few things for our culture is uh, when you're dealing with our culture, you're dealing with a lot of trauma. And, you know, there's a few black billionaires sprinkled across the planet, but that's not enough to create wealth for our whole diaspora, our whole um, demographic. So I think that like things like standard operating procedures, which means you have an estate set up or you have a will set up or you have like a family um, operating procedure set up to say, hey, we have this amount of wealth. And these are the directions and these are the instructions that we want this wealth to continue to be passed down generationally. I think because of our history in this country and across the globe of things being stolen from us, us be being put into chattel slavery and losing a lot of the connection with um, the elders in our community, the ancestors in our community, we don't have a form of standard operating procedures, especially when it comes to money, when it comes to um, hard assets. And I think that our culture is dealing with 
no delayed gratification, which means like we have a hard time sitting back and sitting on something for 10 years because we don't know what's going to happen around the corner, whether it's police brutality, um, mass incarceration, high poverty levels. These things make people have a high time preference instead of a low time preference. And I think that we are dealing with a lot of those issues. And lastly, I think that um, in our culture and you, Brother L, being a more and coming from that original science of the 5% nation, you know, there's always this model that the 5%ers use, which is teach the babies because the youth is our future. And it's harder to teach an adult or um, someone that's more seasoned in life because you know, their, their brain gets calcified and they have their own opinions and their own um, subject matter about things and how to approach the world. And I think that as teachers and educators, we have a hard time because um, there's a mistrust there. People will listen to someone outside of our culture and our demographic say the same information we're saying, but because they don't look like us or they don't think that they come from poverty or generations of trauma, they will take their word for it more than they'll take our words for it. But we may sometimes have more information or better information than the people that are telling it to you. And I think that that's just a battle of winning the trust of the people and just putting out as much content as you can. And over time, people will see that you've put in the work and they'll start to respect and understand your approach and how you go about, um, you know, orange pilling people or getting people to understand that Bitcoin is the best monetary asset and the best thing that we can do right now on a digital front to save ourselves and put ourselves into self-sovereignty in the future. You a cold brother, Dadu. <laughs> <laughs> brother, that was, uh, it's an amazing uh, thing that you're doing here in this space. I just want to say that, brother. I I, I was not aware uh, until the Black Bitcoin billionaires us interacting there. I was not aware of your work. I am so glad, it, I feel like it's a blessing that uh, the Bitcoin vegan, you know, we were able to connect through the brother. You know, I've never actually met Justin in person. I've been working with Justin for years, for many, many years at this point, not many, but you know, that's relative to the Bitcoin space. Uh, about four years or so, almost five years, maybe. Uh, I've been working with Justin and just doing different things in the space. I am glad that again, brother, I've come across you and the work that you've been doing. Um, it's, it's a pleasure, man. It's so good to see you know, us get together on this, right? To uh, be able to unite, to have a greater like a uh, unity. And it's uh, it's because of the Bitcoin, right? We're coming together, not based upon, you know, the, uh, we, could, we could unite off of a lot of things. And, and some of it could be like, I would just have mentioned about this pettiness or this negativity. And I, I think that that's terrible. I think that uniting on Bitcoin is a positive front. Like you said, it's a hopeful front. And I'd rather connect and unite with people regardless on, you know, race, creed, nationality, uh, gender. I'd rather connect based upon the Bitcoin standard just because I know it somehow you're going to get punished if you violate, right, that uh, that trust between the two parties, right? It doesn't pay to cheat in Bitcoin. It actually just pays for us to do what we know is right and to act equitable towards each other. And I, I just knew very early on, I, I'll tell you, Dadu, some of my experience. When I first went to my first Bitcoin conference, it was actually the uh, MIT Bitcoin conference. Mm -hmm. And I used to, at that point, it was, I think, 2014 or 2015 uh, was the first one that I went to. I think it was like MIT number two, like their second one. 
Vitalik was there, Vitalik Buterin of uh, Ethereum. And uh, what happened was, was I met two brothers. One was named Wesley and the other brother was named Sinclair. Uh, uh, brother Wesley is not so known, but Brother Sinclair Skinner is much more known. And these brothers were doing something very interesting that I didn't realize was uh, like, that's what it do, right? And I, and I mean to say it in this way. So uh, the brother Wesley, he did a conflict resolution all around the earth. That was what he was trained to do. And he was trying to figure out, was there a way to apply this technology to, you know, conflict resolution? Uh, like issues like, uh, you know, the Palestinians and uh, Israel, uh, you know, and that sort of thing. And I thought about that and I thought about, like you said, our condition here in, in, in America. And then I seen the brother saying, Claire Skinner, he was doing uh, this program with Bitmari. And uh, what they were doing were helping out women in Zimbabwe to help fund, you know, their operation uh, as farmers. And I was just like, really? <laughs> Is that what we could do with this? Really? And ever since then, uh, that's what took me aback and made me, uh, you know, kind of join the space and I was inspired to become much more active in the space. That's why, you know, I, I developed that relationship with uh, with Justin. You know, I've been pursuing it ever since then, as far as this Bitcoin space and advocating it uh, to our folks. I've always felt that way. When I say our folks, I just mean like the whole human family. I think we can all benefit from this. I've, I've felt this way for years, right? And I continue to feel that way today. And even talking with you, right? You're just building my conviction that, uh, you know, this is like the feedback loop, that positive feedback loop is very, very helpful. Uh, brother, did you have any other uh, additional comments or even questions for me uh, before I close out? I do have one final closing question for you. Yeah, really quickly, brother L, um, just to expound on what you were saying about Sinclair and Wesley. Um, I think that what they're doing is what um, a lot of the very prominent educators and you know, people from our culture that are very um, witty and smart and educated are doing, which is they're presenting education um, that's fashioned and that enables us to be self-sufficient as a people. And I think that Bitcoin is one of those tools, like I said earlier, to allow us to be self-sufficient as a people. And I want to make something very clear. Um, a lot of people get touchy-feely when you have these quote-unquote proverbial black power talks or self-sovereignty talks and i think that it just goes with human nature and tribalism that you want to see people that look like you come from your culture and your similar backgrounds be successful and work in unison that's not saying that we uh, don't want to subscribe to other demographics or you know do commerce or business with other demographics but we have to put ourselves first it's just like being in an airplane if the airplane's going down and the mask drop from the uh, the rooftop, you're not gonna put the mask on somebody else before you put it on yourself to get oxygen. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I think about that in terms of Bitcoin, where you have to accumulate the asset for yourself first and then for your culture and your demographic first, before you can start really going out and trying to um, help other demographics because they're accumulating while you're accumulating. So Brother Sinclair, um, the work that he does is amazing. He's very raw and uncut with it. And I respect that because sometimes you need that in the space. And um, he's been putting in a lot of work and, you know, he's my elder. He's one of my OGs. 
same thing goes with you, brother L and vegan and everybody else. So I'm just sitting back and learning as a student as well. And what I learn, I kind of um, reflect that through my writing so that I hopefully can wake some people up and help people uh, in the future with this Bitcoin adoption. That's amazing, Dadu. You have a, uh, a wonderful spirit, brother. It's very positive. Um, you know, it's, it's been a pleasure uh, talking with you today. I hope that uh, my listening audience, I hope that they tap in with you. I want to give you another opportunity again, brother Dadu, to give us all of the contact info. How can we follow you on social media, get to your uh, content as well? And uh, if you have any other closing comments, brother, you have the floor. All right. Thank you, brother L. Um, everybody, thank you for uh, sitting down and listening and having this uh, insightful conversation. You can check out my articles and my books on my website, www.imdadu.com. Um, that is spelled I-A-M-D-A-W-D-U.com. Uh, my other work can be found on Bitcoin Magazine, Black Bitcoin Billionaires, Amazon, NASDAQ, um, the whole lot. Once again, I want to thank Brother L um, and the MKD podcast for having me um, really sit down and talk about Bitcoin, Black adoption, and kind of just the process of um, what it takes to be a Black Bitcoin writer and to continue to push out literature for the masses. Hey, so before we close, family, Brother Dadu and I have been working uh, on some other things. We have them in the pipeline. Uh, maybe we have some uh, publication come out. So you guys that are more acclimated into uh, receiving information via reading, right? You might, you guys probably have something to look forward to in the very near future. And uh, beyond that, I think that there's gonna be other opportunities uh, that you guys are catch me and Dadu working together. So I want y'all to stay tuned. Make sure you're following the brother on social media, connect on his website. Um, and again, you guys are likely to catch us maybe at, a, at another occasion on From Bars to Bitcoin. That's uh, Monday evenings, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, excuse me, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, make sure you're following Black Bitcoin Billionaires. Uh, check out Bitcoin Magazine for Dadu's content. Uh, again, Brother Dadu, thank you so much. You've uh, definitely added some value to our platform over here. Uh, brother, if there's anything that I can do for you, you know you can uh, reach out to me and I'm happy to work with you. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for your attention. This has been a MKD podcast. Y'all take care. <laughs>